Our reading this morning comes from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Thank you, Terry. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from our risen Savior. Amen. So St. John, the evangelist, the author of this gospel, sat down one night to write. He was 13 chapters in to his chronicle of Jesus' life, and it was going really well. He had poured himself into describing Jesus turning water into wine, and the ink just rolled on out as he penned in the details of Jesus giving sight to a man born blind and raising Lazarus from the dead. But when he got to these verses... He set his quill down and started to pace in his room. Writer's block. It comes to us all. You see, St. John couldn't quite recall what it was that Jesus had said. Yes, St. John knew that Jesus had given his disciples a new commandment. He knew Jesus had said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. But he didn't know what the this was. And so he decided to look for clues. Maybe he thought, if I talk to Jesus' disciples throughout all the ages, they will remember what Jesus said. Certainly, they will show me what it is that makes everyone know that they are disciples of Jesus. This seems like important stuff. And I just know that these disciples scattered all throughout history will be able to tell me what it was that Jesus commanded them to hold at the center of their lives. And so he found some disciples and they said, oh, yes, St. John, we remember. It's quite simple. Jesus said this, by this you will know, or everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you act like you own the truth. Not just a piece of it, but the whole darn thing. What Jesus told us was that he didn't want people of wonder and humility. He wanted people of certitude. And Jesus said that it's our job to just bang away at other people until they submit into our belief system and become just like us. 
he said, I want you to see others who believe differently than you do as problems to be fixed. Yes, Jesus told us to be stars of virtue, and we are, because we sit right up top above everybody else, shiny and sparkly, able to issue judgments about how other people ought to live their lives, where they should worship, how they should parent, who they should love. We even let men make women's decisions for them sometimes. That's how people know we're Jesus' disciples. Our insistence that we own the truth and our demand that you conform to what we say. But another group of disciples spoke up and said, no, no, that wasn't it. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. I command you to lead comfortable lives. Jesus told us that the richness of life comes from getting through it without ever having to deal with trouble. He told us to close our eyes at the world's suffering, to cross the street when we see a beggar, to not accept the call on our cell phone from that person who's a little bit awkward and they have a lot of personal problems. He told us to lie in our bed and pretend to sleep rather than admit to our spouse that something in our marriage needs attention. And when someone dies, Jesus said that we had better just celebrate their lives, make the whole thing happy, because it's a failure if you're sad or angry or regretful. No one, no one needs to think about the death. Just focus on their life, and you are guaranteed a detour around that hard work of grieving. Listen, St. John, Jesus gave us a free pass from examining whether or not we are complicit in some of the more complex sins, like structural racism or sexism. He said it's okay that we can just deny that the earth is getting hotter and hotter and hotter. He said as long as the economy's working fine for us, we can ignore the way it's squeezing the poor. Comfort. That's how everyone knows that we're Jesus' disciples. They see we follow Jesus by the way that there are some things we just never talk about. They see we follow Jesus by the way that we care for others by tiptoeing around the tough stuff rather than speaking truth. And when we find ourselves going through a tough spot, we show that we are disciples by simply denying it, pushing it down, convincing ourselves that we don't need help, keeping silent and just buttoning up our mess behind our Sunday clothes as we head on into worship. That was Jesus' new commandment. Comfort. But still another group of disciples chimed in and they said, no, no, no. What Jesus said was this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you kind of believe in God, but mainly believe that nothing's ever going to change. Jesus said that we should give ourselves up to resignation and despair, to convince ourselves that we can't or don't or won't 
make a difference. To grow accustomed to thinking that our prayers and words and actions all add up to nothing. Jesus gave it to us straight, St. John. He said that God isn't interested in acting around these parts anymore. He told us that God is no longer desperately yearning for a world renewed and restored. Jesus' command was to tell us that it is childish to believe that God really uses us. And the hope in our hearts and the voice that we raise and the truth that we speak and the healing we seek and the forgiveness we extend and the community we build, it's childish to believe that God uses that to transform us and the world. That's just how we talk in church. It doesn't really mean anything. That whole notion that each of us bears God's image, that whole idea that the church is the body of Christ, that whole concept that you are a temple where the Holy Spirit is pleased to dwell, they're just metaphors. You're supposed to explain them away. You get used to these figures of speech after a while, and that's the point. Because Jesus said that everyone will know that we are his disciples if we resign ourselves to living our lives in a world other people create for us. We follow Jesus by staying in our jobs that don't bring us joy, by swimming on the surface of our relationships and our spiritual life, by opting out of movements that try to bring justice and life to this planet, by living our lives out according to predetermined cultural scripts, and by going to church because we're supposed to. We show we're disciples by never, ever asking ourselves what that hunger in our soul is, why we're here, or what we're supposed to be doing with our life, or where it is that our presence and labor and imagination are urgently needed. Because our faith, it's in a God who is less real than the world as it is. And do you know what St. John did when he heard these voices? These voices of people who professed to follow the God revealed in Jesus? Voices that, to be brutally clear, include my own voice in every group at every turn? Well, St. John took his quill, he flipped back a couple pages in his manuscript, and he underlined a verse, Jesus wept. And then he decided he didn't want anything to do with Jesus anymore. He decided to walk away from the faith, like so many people you all know, because of the anemic witness and outright hypocrisy he saw in those who claimed to follow Jesus. And just like Jesus, St. John began to weep. And there, as he sat in his sorrow, 
he heard the voices of another group of Jesus' disciples. These voices were quieter, but they were persistent. They made no claims of having higher virtue or better moral living, yet they were filled with a deep authenticity. He could hear that these voices had seen suffering and known pain, and yet they spoke with authority. They were honest about the challenges the world faces, but yet they rang out with a tangible and contagious hope. And St. John could tell that the people to whom these voices belonged had nothing to lose. That these voices belonged to people who trusted so firmly in the glimpses they had seen of God's grace and beauty and power that nothing in the world could hold them back from living in the joy of the freedom of God. And these voices, these voices spoke the truth saying, here is what Jesus told us. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And St. John listened. And then he walked back to his desk, picked up his quill, and wrote these words down. And 2,000 years later, they are still speaking. For they are living words, words that assure us of God's ever-present love, words that gift us with the way of life, which is walking together in love. Beloved family of God, the Bible is clear. God is love, and God has loved us. And so there is really nothing more to do but to love one another. That is Jesus' command, and that is how everyone will know we are his disciples. Amen.